Hello and welcome to Advisor Gold, The Missing Allocation, the show where financial professionals learn the why, how, and what to help their clients own physical gold and silver. This podcast is designed to complement the training at goldandsilveradvisors.com. I'm your host, Kerry Morris. I work with clients and run a financial planning practice every day, and we've used physical metals in our financial plans for nearly a decade. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Ryan Long, second generation in the gold and silver business and president of National Gold Consultants, which only promotes their business through a large advisor network. If you're a consumer listener to this podcast, welcome. This is not financial, legal, or tax advice. It's education, folks, and you're welcome to have your advisor reach out to us, or you can email us directly with your question. In this episode, we answer the question, can I have a gold and silver IRA that I store at home? After listening today, you'll not only be able to answer these two very important questions, but you'll also know what some have tried, what's failed, and what works. Now, here's my conversation with Ryan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Kerry and Ryan here. Today, as you heard, we're going to answer the question, can I have a gold and silver IRA, and can I hold it at home? It's actually two questions, Ryan, but that's the question for today, right? Can I have a gold and silver IRA and can I hold it at home? This is a big, big, meaningful topic to you, right? You have quite a big history with this topic. Oh, Carrie, you just opened up a can of worms here. Um, so how, how long do we have? To, I mean, I, I can, <laughs> I can, I can uh, utter off just, you know, a, a decade worth of frustration and um, swindling, whatever you want to call it. it this topic kind of goes near and dear to me, Gary. <laughs> yeah. So let's take them back real quick and do a snippet actually from the first time it you really got your mind blown yep. about not only what's right on this, but what's going on out there. So let's first answer the question. Yes, you can have a gold and silver IRA. Big fat. Yes. Yes. And, and we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about how to properly do that all throughout this this uh, podcast, and we'll touch on the specifics of that at the end. So make sure you stay around to the end. We'll cover that, like which custodian we use and the right way to do it. But it's really important to us that we get across in this podcast today that you cannot hold it at home. And the first time you learn that in a really big way, talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, Carrie, uh, when we were dialoguing off off recording here, uh, I was trying to determine when this first was introduced to me. And, and, and it goes back, Carrie, to around 2014, 2015, um, a, a midsize RIA firm approached me and, you know, they have hundreds of advisors. And uh, one of the owners came to me and said, Ryan, you know, there's a lot of chatter out there about gold and silver IRAs and storing it at home, et cetera, et cetera. And we, you know, and and he said, and we have a lot of clients that would really resonate or flock towards this if we can have it stored at home. Because obviously it's the old proverb, Carrie, possession is nine tenths of the law. People want possession, um, just like you can have tangible assets like real estate in a self-directed IRA. Um, so I, I took it to our corporate attorneys and I said, all right, guys, uh, dig into this. Can we can we do this? What what are the legalities behind it? Uh, some fifteen dollars to <laughs> $20,000 later, I guess that's what you get for $500 an hour of digging into lawyerese stuff. Wow. Um, the, the answer was no. And the, the assessment they gave me was, Ryan, you need not only need to stay away from this, you need to run away from this and, and, and stay as far away as, as you can. And their, their logic was, you know, the IRS hasn't ruled against this, but there's a lot of technicalities in there that, that could prove the client liable if the IRS decides to rule against it. So, so Kerry, long story short, we, we took that advice and, and we ran from it. Uh, and, and I'm glad we did. 
right? And and what you ran to was the proper way to do it, right? And that's when you yeah. started looking for uh, a proper custodian, you know, because uh, ladies and gentlemen listening today, if this, the, the bottom line, the rule of thumb on any self-directed IRA is it's got to be arm's length. You can't have like direct control of it. And so right. with gold and silver, that's possession with real estate, you know, you have to have a prop like a property management company. You can't be making certain decisions on it. It's crazy. There's there's companies that help people do that properly. But what you ran to was a, a search for a proper custodian, right? Well, yeah, I mean, before that, we were we were using um, and, and and I guess the buzz line is we use Gold Star Trust. They're down in Texas. Okay, so you were already yep. using Gold Star, then. correct? Yep, yeah. yep. And yeah, they did. You were offer... using them when when I first met you, uh, you know, ten years ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it was one of those, cause we, we approached gold star as well and said, can we do a home stored IRA? And they said, I don't believe so. And again, that's, you know, conf- conflict of interest of what they're trying to do. So that's why we took it to our lawyers to, <laughs> to make, make darn sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there's custodians around the country. You guys, if you're not used to being around anything self-directed or private placements, things like that, there's custodians around the country that do specialize in all types of self-directed, um, vehicles mm-hmm. that IRAs can own real estate being one we've mentioned. So, all right. So that was that. And, but then you've seen certain things you said, I think you told me 10 to 15 cases a year where advisors bring to you this debacle that's happened from somebody trying to uh, store their IRA at home. Yeah. And and a quick side sidetrack on that, Carrie. You know, some of our advisor training at goldensilveradvisors.com, we bring up the whole the whole comment of if it's not you, then who? If it's not you bringing up gold and silver to your clients, then who is? And this is one of the the who is side of it, and and some of the the pitfalls we're trying to help you as advisors avoid. That's why we have to be a leader and open up our mouths, our media, our publications to your clients that hey, you have a direct source for a legitimate gold and silver transaction that they can have. Um, but it, but it goes back to, yes, uh, there, there's companies out there that I see, you know, I see clients 10 to 15 times a year, like you mentioned, Carrie, and it's all the same. So uh, a, a gold and silver, a non-licensed, a non-regulated company, which are the majority of them out there, um, they help the client set up an LLC inside of their state. Um, real easy to do, obviously, you know, CPA can do it, or you can, you can do it online yourself within your own state. And they, they set up this LLC to, with air quotes, hold the metal for the clients. Again, they're trying to have that at arm's length per the IRS guidelines. But the problem is, is they deliver that to the client, the client's in possession of it. The client, even, even a safety deposit box carry doesn't work because that doesn't follow under the arm's length IRS mentality. So what, what that's doing here is, and this, is, this was really um, prevalent about 10, uh, anywhere from five to 10 years ago, kind of that range. I see, I see invoices that advisors show me. And again, it has the client's first and last name, comma, LLC, says IRA all over it. Um, and, and that company you know, typically overcharges by about 50 to anywhere from 50 to 100%. They put in you know, air quotes, collectibles for clients. Um, then the client then is storing their IRA. So they're down a significant money to begin with. But what, what's happening here is essentially as how the IRS is viewing it is the client technically is taking a distribution. Um, so they're actually exposing that to a taxable event 
without paying the taxes, without notifying the IRS. So, you know, de facto, not only you have that, but you also have all of the, you know, the, the fines and the penalties that the IRS is ruling upon now too. So there's been just enough cracks in the law, you might say, in tax law and stuff that the LLC seems to have been the the alternative of choice of these entities, uh, which triggers, when you started talking about that, it just triggered my brain. You know, like we all know that anytime you move uh, ownership of your IRA from you to something else, it's a taxable event. Like, like yep. that's IRA tax 101, you know? I mean, if somebody could figure out a magical way to do that, we there's all kind of other stuff we could do, you know? And so, um, yeah, so LLC, beware of that. Uh, watch out for that. That's the thing that's going on. You just got to have a custodian. You just got to follow the rules. You know, the deal was cut with the government when first somebody first started building a 401k or IRA. There's an agreement there yep. with the federal government. And in order for that tax deferral, you made a deal. And part of that deal is they get to have control and they want to reporting and, and, and all that stuff from a mm-hmm. legitimate custodian. Right. And so it, it just ain't worth it. What, well, so what else? Oh, t- let's talk about the, the proof in the pudding. So the IRS, the IRS finally, the courts did kind of come down in, in ruling. Talk about that ruling you, you well, told me about. Yeah. So it, it was November of 21. The IRS finally ruled against a poor husband and wife. You know, and so that that then obviously we have a we have a, a framework or a picture now of what further rulings are going to be. So I go back again, 2014, 2015, when my attorney said, hey, there's so much gray here. Don't touch it. Well, now there is precedent inside of the courts that the IRS is now going after that. Every, everyone now behind the scenes that have done this uh, because they were ruled in the IRS's favor. So what, what happened in, in November of 21, poor husband and wife, um, they had about a $500,000 IRA, uh, a, a retail gold and silver company sold them silver eagles, which are legitimate to be held inside of an IRA, but they also helped them set up this LLC and told them they can store it and all this stuff. Well, fast forward to, again, November of 21, this IRA was worth, you know, call it seven, $800,000. Um, the IRS or the, the judge ruled they had to pay about a $250,000 tax liability and over $50,000 in fines and penalties that they're, they're trying to appeal, but they're, they're going to lose that. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, but we, we, again, 10 to 15 times a year carry that I see this and we're not advertising to say, Hey, show us your IRAs. No, it's, <laughs> this is a very common thing and a, a large pitfall that, you know, again, goes back to the premise, if not if not, if you bring it up to your clients, then who is? And that's what we're yeah, trying to avoid. Absolutely. Which is why we're doing the podcast today, you guys, on this topic, you know, answering this question for you. So let's transition and then wrap up with, you know, yep. um, you've you've had a relationship with Gold Star Trust for a long time. There's reasons for that. I know there's another trust company that I was connected to, and I did some research there to see what their cost would be. I mean, really, once you have a, a true legitimate custodian trust company and that functions, it's really just a price shopping thing because yeah. all they're doing is doing those quarterly statements, doing the reporting to the IRS, uh, which is why it's not hugely expensive. See, I don't think it's very expensive myself, but at least it's maybe because I'm spoiled because you always, you originally from day one directed me towards Gold Star. And when I went shopping around, yeah. you know, where Gold Star for say a hundred thousand and below might be at like 175 bucks a year for record keeping and 
um, storage in that relationship with the depository. It's just so perfect, you know, for us. It's really seamless. Mm-hmm. These other companies might be at like five hundred dollars a year, right? It there's there there are a dime a dozen. You mentioned that, Kerry. Um, not not to say we haven't had our growing pains with with Gold Star. Um, all, all trust custodians have growing pains. It just comes down to it comes down to the fees and making sure they're reporting it correctly. Which what I like about Gold Star even more, Kerry, is they have they have more of a dual authenticating process. So uh, dealers cannot take advantage of a client. So there's a lot of trust custodians out there that, um, you know, the, the dealer, you know, buys the metal for the client and, and, and notifies the custodian, but the custodian doesn't double check that the product was actually delivered at any sort of depository. Yes. Big okay? deal. So That's it's a big deal. That yeah, so they they have a dual, you know, I, I call it, you know, more of a responsibility type of a thing to make sure that it's delivered to the Delaware depository. Um, because that's another way. I mean, I, I'm not trying to rabbit trail a different way to get have your clients get taken advantage of, but that's a real thing. I've seen that many times. The the cl- the company never delivered the metal, but they received all the money. <laughs> Something yeah, to be no, that's very important. careful. That's of. not a rabbit trail. That's right no. in the center of this, man. Yep. So yeah, they never delivered the metal. Yep. Um, seen that, you know, I've probably seen that 30, 40 times. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a real reality that's out there. So that's part of the rationale is obviously the fees that are associated to making sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. Um, but also is that making sure that, that there's checks and balances in place. And that's why we, we, we resonate and flock to gold star so much have, you know, millions upon millions of, of client dollars and assets uh, reported through them, held in the Delaware Depository. I even personally have an account out there. We have a corporate account out there, you know, so we can say we practice what we preach. Yeah, I remember uh, ten years ago when I first did my research on Gold Star. As I do, you know, I'm going to yeah. research any company we're using. And man, I was so impressed. Like they they kind of made their mark years and years ago with church bonds. They were yeah. like really big in the church bond marketplace and they've been around a long time. And I love the diversity of what they do in in mm-hmm. not just the self, you know, these niche custodians, there's a there's a real need for them in the world. Yeah. Um, because anyways, so so yeah. Gold Star. And so as you saw behavior, I want to move for a second over to those to those fees and what what you decided to do as the leader at NGC. Um, when you saw clients kind of like struggling with the process and the first year fee, um, there's two things. One, there's a $50 account setup fee that you negotiated with Gold Star to remove for your clients. Mm-hmm. And number two, you decided to do something about the first year fee. Talk about that. Yeah, well, and, and first thing, I mean, the trust custodians make their money on their fees. That's just that's what they do, you know. And 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 you know, it's things aren't for for uh, you know, it's not it's not a nonprofit. You have to make some money, but it has to again be within reason. So we, you know, a few years ago, we we've negotiated with Gold Star that you know we're gonna not Gold Star is not going to charge the client the fifty dollar one time establishment fee. That was just an arrangement that we we set aside with Gold Star because but, of the volume they were getting yep. from you. Yep, yep. We've we've got our own business line that that we have our own reps inside of Gold Star that works directly with us. Um, so another another side factor is is you know if, if you find yourself as an advisor and a client, remember these are self directed IRAs that your client is responsible to do. Make sure those paperworks go through our office first, so we can assist. If it goes directly to Gold Star, again, you know, there's privacy acts, there's self-directed IRAs. 
as soon as that happens, it, it takes off our ability to help. So make sure that make sure that goes through us first. But we also set up um, about a couple of years ago, Carrie, um, the the, the uh, annual fee that my company actually is paying for for the first year, which which averages about one hundred and seventy five dollars. Um, and the reason why we're doing that is is not to not, you know not to have a big clout of look look what we're doing. It's, it's right. to take away a lot of the confusion because sometimes transfers take a while. You, you know you know how it is, especially self directed uh, or um, client initiated four hundred one ks. They take forever. Oh no no Ryan, I've never <laughs> seen a big custodian hold on to the money for <laughs> long, as long as they possibly can. They don't no, like doing that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, we've seen it all, right? So it just gets hung up sometimes. Yeah, and and then clients would get you know because it's an automated system. You then know, they get a late notice, a late notice, <laughs> and the funds aren't even over there yet. And it just is you know it, it takes all of the confusion away by doing this. Yeah. So um, so you guys cover that paperwork needs to go through you guys. There's also a place on the paperwork where the advisor can put their information that the the client can give permission for the advisor to be able to get information. Uh, before we wrap up at the end, let's, we are at the end here. So, but it's super important. I, w- I want to say this because we got to shout it from the rooftops, what I'm about to say next. And that is, is that always, always, always teach your clients from day one, two things. One is that the price, the value of their metals that are being held by Gold Star is always higher than what's on their statement. Okay. And number two, that's because Gold Star is not going to go and try to research the perfect value of everything they're custodying and record keeping for people. So they just use spot price. Correct me right. if I say anything wrong, Ryan, but what, you know, so they generally just use spot. And I think by law, they don't even have to be full spot. They can, they has, there's a range of error there, like 90 something percent of that. So your, your client statements from Gold Star, you just have to tell the client ahead of time, hey, they're always going to look a little low below what your actual value is. Yep. No, I, I, absolutely. And, and part of the rationale for that, Carrie, is again, the method of madness of why we use, historically, we use the Canadian Maple Leafs, sometimes the American um, Gold and Silver Eagles. But because of you know, it, it has the least amount of premium over spot, but there's still a premium. And that's not a commission that you get that back on the back end. And in times of volatility, in times of high demand, that, that premium continues to rise. Uh, fast little segue on this, carry is um, just this last week, it was reported uh, a large billionaire um, bought um, $50 million worth of silver eagles um, from a large wholesaler. And 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 uh, what happened behind the scenes was, well, the U.S. Mint goes, whoa, that's a large one-time purchase. I saw the silver eagles um, on my exchange go from a premium of $10 over the spot price instantly to $14 over the spot price, just in just in one second here. All that was, in fact, the spot they price moved didn't, the market. didn't move. They moved huh? the market. It's a small market. Yeah, no. it moved the market. Yeah. It was like 900,000 silver Eagles. And here's the reason why I wanted to bring that up is gold stars, not going to all of a sudden report that extra $4. No, they're going to go off of the spot price because the day to days they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fluctuate. Um, But goes back to saying, Hey, guess what? At that time, your clients that have these, you know, hypothetical products also went up $4 per coin, but they didn't know. So some advisor didn't do their job because that doesn't sound like 10 to 15% of a billion dollars. See, that's only 5%. So see, it should have been 100 to 100. <laughs> yep, I, no, I'm I, kidding, I know. Well, listen, I hope that helps everybody today. Can I have a gold, gold and silver IRA? Yes, you can. 
Can you hold it at home? Highly unadvisable. You can do anything you want, but that doesn't mean that the IRS isn't going to come knocking on your door, right? So, hey, have a great day and we'll see you in the next podcast.